Hey, sister friends, welcome to today's podcast. And I'm just wondering, I'm wondering if you have a friend like I do, and we all have them, that, you know, is just living in the middle of a grudge. They're a great grudge keeper. And every time you're with them, it's just nothing but whomever it is that they're mad at at the moment. And they rehearse the hurt and what happened. And you may have heard the same story three times, five times, 10 times. I don't know how many times you've heard the story, but they just keep rehashing it. They can't let it go. And it's obvious to you and everybody else around them that they have an issue here and they are being controlled by this anger that they feel toward this hurt or their past or this incident. So we have some great ideas today on forgiveness, how to move past that hurt and anger to forgive. Before we get there, though, I want to ask you, have you heard about our new course? I'm so excited about it that I can hardly stand it. This is a labor of love that I worked on way before the podcast. So if you are an entrepreneur and you need some systems and you need some help, hopefully this is the place, the Bible study you want to plug into. If you're already working a side hustle and you're doing the do's and you want some instruction on godly character and how to run a team in your business, might want to check it out. If you're a crazy busy mom and you want to just I have a short little Bible study where you can feel some success and finish, this one is for you. And if you're discouraged and you need encouragement, there's no better place, I don't feel, than the Bible to go for that encouragement. So I want to encourage you to check out Busy Women Get It Done, a look at Proverbs 31. I just can't wait to hear how this impacts your life and what changes you make in your life based on the study. And it's my prayer. I have bathed it in prayer. I feel like God has given me this course. So it's my prayer that it will affect your life in a way that will leave you changed forever, particularly in these last days. So grab a pen. We're going to talk about forgiveness today. Hey friends, welcome to the Productivity and Proverbs 31 podcast. I'm Kathy Lanham, your host, your mentor across the airways, if you will. I'm a mom of five, former teacher and top 2% company leader. Now I'm a coach, a podcaster, and a business strategist. Stick around if you're a Christian mom with some big dreams, messy bun, and sweatpants. You might feel all the guilt, but you refuse to be a Pinterest perfect mom. You live in your car and reheated coffee is a staple. If chaos is usually rampant and you'd like some practical tips on how to grow a business, grow in your faith, and get some control, with an occasional date night thrown in as a bonus, hang around. Because as we grab these few minutes together, I want to help you keep growing in your faith, build a business that lines up with your God-given gifts and talents, and make memories of a life you love. So reheat that coffee and let's get started. So we all talk about forgiveness of hurts and we teach our kids to say, I'm sorry. And whether they do it half-heartedly or with true repentance, you know, it all, that's not a real apology. You need to apologize. And a lot of times when we apologize, we say, I'm so sorry, but, or we add that well or but to it. So the apology is completely null and void by the words that come after the, I'm sorry. And if you just say, I'm sorry, and you don't address what it is that caused the hurt, then again, the apology is ineffectual. But maybe you're sitting in a place today where you have been grievously hurt. I'm talking mentally, physically, sexually, emotionally, all of the ways that one can experience hurt. Maybe it's the rejection of a child that's walked away. 
a relationship that was very dear to you has been broken. Maybe slander has been issued against your character. Maybe you were abused as a child. You're in an abusive relationship currently. Maybe it's that your spouse has committed an infidelity either with the screens on his or her computer or in a physical sense, or maybe they've left. And here you are now a single mom with children to raise and you have no forgiveness or empathy in your heart. Well, I want to tell you, first of all, that yes, you can forgive that the thought that you're doing them more harm than good is not true. Anger actually, and that unforgiveness actually hurts you. I'm going to give you a principle and three truths today. The first principle is that you can forgive because God first forgave you. It is possible to forgive and to release, not to hold grudges. It is possible because Jesus tells us in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can look to the example of Jesus for multitudes of lessons on forgiveness. That's what we're going to look at today. And then truth number one, that's our principle, is that we can do it. We can forgive. It is a deliberate act. And I would even say it is like a transaction. It's an exchange. You are deciding to exchange the hurt, the pain, and the anger for forgiveness, joy, and peace. So as we move into truth one, when you forgive another When you forgive others, you actually are also freeing yourself. You're freeing yourself from bondage and being tied to that hurt and that pain. You're free from your anger, your bitterness, depression that comes along with the anger, hurt, and bitterness, destructive patterns, and addictions that you may have in your life. And it frees you from being under the control of someone else. Now, what I mean by that is... While you're stewing and slandering and slamming the person that's hurt you, you're rehearsing this hurt and you're telling it over and over and over again. It's fresh to you. You're keeping it stirred up and you're keeping it fresh. That other person has moved on. They could care. It's not affecting them, but it's eating you alive. So it's only when you make a decision to forgive, to surrender that, to open your palms, to come in prayer to the Lord and release it that you can be free. When you forgive, you free yourself. When you forgive, it allows you to be fully loved, frees you from the control of your past. You can leave the past there and you can move forward to the future. The past doesn't define you. This forgiveness frees you to actually be who God created you to be. Truth number two, when you forgive, it allows you to accept grace. It allows you to open your hands and surrender and see what God has for your life. It allows you to love and to be genuinely loved. It allows you to be free from the anger that was controlling you and the blow-ups that would happen when any little thing would jostle you. When you forgive, it allows you to have peace, which allows you to sleep better, have better relationships with other people, and to genuinely be a more fun person to be with. It frees you from your, and it calms your ulcers and maybe some other health issues that come from the stress and from the churning of the inside of this keeping these, um, keeping the hurts fresh. It allows you to appreciate others and to give up trust issues or fear issues. It allows you to genuinely appreciate and love others. It restores relationships. Because sometimes we don't even realize this anger that we're internalizing is off-putting to others. And they, quite frankly, just don't want to hear it anymore. They don't want to deal with it. So it allows you to restore those relationships. And I would say have better relationships, more quality relationships. When we forgive, it allows you to have joy 
And it allows you also to gain control of your emotions and your life. Number 10, it allows you to use fully your spiritual gifts. So it allows you to develop and to use your spiritual gifts. And this is a huge one. If you have littles in your house that are looking to you, that they're hearing what you're saying, they're seeing what you do, it allows you to be a role model to those kids that you're raising and to others who may be saying, wow, how in this world are you able to go on? How did you forgive him? And you're able to in turn say, oh, let me tell you. And of course, it would be through Jesus, which is truth number two. You can do it through the love of Jesus and his example and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Remember in the Bible, we um, were told that we're supposed to get forgive 70 times seven. That's an infinite number. Or do you remember the story about the slave who had a big debt and he was being called in before the judge? So real quickly, he went out and he did some finagling and he comes in and he gets forgiven for his debt. Then he immediately goes, out after he's forgiven, instead of doing his own little happy dance, he immediately goes out and starts to beat a guy that owes him money. So the people that are seeing this, they go run and tell the judge and he brings him back and throws him in jail because he was wicked. He did not give the same forgiveness he was given, which is our story. If we have been forgiven much for our own sins, if we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in our hearts, then we've been forgiven much. We've been forgiven a debt so big we could not pay it. And I hear these statements all the time. Well, you just don't know what they did to me. Well, I'm never going to forgive them. Mm-mm. No, I'm not going to forgive and I'm not going to forget. I'm going to get even. And we have all of these phrases that we use that just really underscore and are prideful in our grudge holding ability and the fact that we're going to get even and the fact that we, well, I got them and I've got something better planned and all of that reminds me of Jesus's last words on the cross when he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. We have no idea what we're doing when we're doing that, when we're holding on to that with tight fisted hands rather than the joy, peace, love, and forgiveness that Jesus wants us to have. Now, you have to decide. It's a transaction, like I said earlier. It's an exchange, but there is a process that leads up to the exchange. And first of all, you have to bring it in prayer. You have to agree with God that forgiveness is what he wants, that you have to agree that His character is more important than your rights, that you want to be molded and transformed to be like him. And you have to decide to give it up, to let it go. And that starts in prayer. When you surrender it in prayer and you ask for the strength and wisdom and humility, we're told to pray for our enemies and those who persecute you. So if you've been slandered against, if you've been abused, if you've been a victim, it's time to stop being a victim. Turn it over and be the princess, breathe the victor in Jesus that you are, that he tells us we are. And it's not an easy thing. Don't even for a second think I'm sitting on this side of the microphone giving you Pollyanna platitudes. Oh, heavens, no, 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 no. Sometimes you have to remind yourself that you've forgiven that person. Oh, I'm not going to go there. I am not even dealing with that. I'm, I've done. I'm done. I've given that over. I'm not going back there. And you draw that hard, firm boundary and you don't go back. You don't dwell in that. You don't stir that pot again. And you don't allow them and you don't allow others to stir the pot either. And then number three is that you may, after you've done this and you've gotten to a good place, 
vertically between you and Jesus and you're working on that relationship and you've asked the Holy Spirit to help you, you still may have hurts and traumas and pain that you need some help with. Maybe professionally, maybe in a counseling situation, but you need to also know that God is able and he wants you to live a life of fullness and freedom. If you study the names of God, he is Jehovah Rapha, our healer. He is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. He is El Roy, the God who sees. There are so many wonderful names of God that he wants us to embrace and to be known by. And when you recognize the hurt, you name it, you name your pain, you address it, and you surrender it, then that healing can take place. Now, I want to have some addendums or some notes here in that forgiveness can be given to both the living and the dead. Now, how is that possible? Well, sometimes the person that was our offender has committed the evil against us. Maybe they've passed away. Beautiful exercise, and of course, this comes with your counseling, but a beautiful exercise is to go through it just as if they were there, and you can speak it out, write it out, and forgive them. Then burn the paper, take it to their gravesite, and shred it however you want to do that, but actually physically get the release of forgiving that person. If it is a person with whom you still have a relationship and they know they've wronged you and they've asked for forgiveness and you have and you have withheld it, then you can go to that person and you can say, you know, I forgive you. If they have no intentions of asking your forgiveness or maybe do not even know they've hurt you, maybe going to them isn't your best plan. I'll give you the personal example there. My sister called me one night out of the blue. I'd had no idea and said, oh, I have forgiven you. I am so excited. I no longer have a root of bitterness against you. I feel 10 pounds lighter. Well, that blindsided me. I I didn't know that there was a problem there. (laughs) So sometimes if we confess something in our forgiveness for something, person and they have no idea, that may be more harmful than helpful. So just weigh that. And the forgiveness, this is another side note. It may not be for someone else. It may be that you're having a hard time forgiving yourself for things that you've done in the past, for actions that you chose that now you regret deeply, an action that you took that you thought was going to be a quick solution now haunts you and haunts your sleep. Sometimes it's what we've done to ourselves or the decisions that we've made that we have to be free to forgive ourselves and to recognize and see ourselves as Jesus does. There is no sin too big that he didn't take it and cover it completely on the cross. There is no thing that you have done and no evil you have committed that's bigger than our Lord God. When he said it is finished on the cross, he meant it. He didn't say some of it. He didn't say, oh yeah, except for that time, Kathy, when you did, uh-uh. That's not how that works. When we confess our sins and we tell God that we are genuinely repentant and we are sorry for those sins, then he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And the Bible says he cleanses us from all unrighteousness, all of it, not some of it, not part of it, all of it. And when we do that, we become his child. And so as a child of God, we cannot hold his love in our hearts with unforgiveness. The two are not compatible. So if you are a grudge holder and are holding on to some unforgiveness today, and this is not a topic that you've addressed in your heart and life, in your spiritual walk, then I want to encourage you to bring this before the Lord in prayer. If you have a spiritual mentor, have this conversation so that you can begin to forgive where you need to be forgiven. You can forgive where you need to forgive, and you can 
be forgiven and ask for forgiveness in those places you need forgiveness for. And I just want you to remember that when you make the decision to forgive, the floodgates of the fruit of the Spirit open up and you're, you are blessed with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against which there is no law. And when Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it abundantly, that's in John 10, 10. The first part of that verse says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come so that you may have life and have it abundantly. It is in Satan's best interest for you to be angry and bitter and cold and hard and bound up and controlled by all of these emotions and feelings and these things from the past fits right into his game plan. But Jesus, but God in his great mercy, while we were yet sinners, gave his son to die on the cross as an exchange, as a propitiation, as an atonement for forgiveness of our sins. And you are the main beneficiary, loved ones, listen to me carefully. You are the main beneficiary when you decide, when you make that transaction or that deal. And in Ephesians 4, 32, God says to us to be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as in Christ, God has forgiven you. And another little benefit of having forgiveness and joy in your heart is that you can go be a blessing to others. And that's why when you're a blessing to others, you can't help but be blessed to yourself because it comes back to you pressed down, running over full measure. I know today's been a hard one to hear, possibly. It's been one to think on. But I pray for you as I close that forgiveness and joy and peace will be yours today and in all the days to come. Take good care. Hey guys, real quick, I hope this episode was a blessing to you and that you learned a nugget of truth, got a laugh, or had something that you can share. It would be such a blessing to me if you would go over to iTunes and leave me both a starred and a written review. I would love to be able to read some of those reviews online and that pours into my ministry and my work so much. In addition, if you want some of our free things, that's found over at kathylanham.com. I'd love to connect on social media. DM me at at kathylanham. That's my handle over on Instagram. So until next time, go be a blessing to others because when you're a blessing to others, you can't help but be blessed yourself. Take care. Take care.